Welcome to Friends on the Fringe. This is Mike. I'm with Ethan. Ethan, how are you doing? Pretty good, Mike. I'm doing pretty well. It's only the second month of 2023, but I'm doing well. Not too much to complain about. Yes, I haven't seen you all year, uh, at least not podcast-wise. That's right. Neither of us got to go to the retreat. Normally, we're with each other every January or February. Mm-hmm. But, but the good news is we're, we're back at the podcast, and I think you said we got another letter written into us. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is a hotly debated one, folks. So, you know, get in the trenches with us. All right. You mind reading it? All right. Well, I think this Bible verse that we're going to talk about is, is one that most of our listeners have heard of or heard people quote. Um, and so the verse today is Philippians 4.13. So that's book of Philippians in the New Testament, chapter 4, verse 13. And it says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Another translation says, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so that is the famous verse, the verse that sparks our uh, fringe-worthy discussion today. It sounds like it's pretty straight, uh, straight cut and forward. You know, we should just end on the fact that uh, there's no mystery here. Yeah, I, I but but if I can't do, like it says I can do all things. I want to fly, like just teleport to California right now. Yes. And and I, I'm trying. And, and kind of like, you know, we've all as kids, is when we're kids and we watch the Star Wars movie and when no one's looking, we put our hand out and try to move the cup across the table. And, and there, does that mean I don't have faith? Or maybe my God's not strong enough for that. Well, huh. Hopefully you'll help, help us figure that out as we discuss it today. Yeah, we have another uh, listener named Joseph Campbell, no relation, uh, from Providence, Rhode Island. And he writes, Dear Ethan and Mike, I was trying to convince my friends that I would nail an interview for a new job, and I assured them that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. They started to tell me that I was way off base and quoting that scripture wrongly. If it doesn't mean that, then what does it mean? So, good question, Joseph Campbell, of no relation. I kind of want to know if he got the job or not. Me too. If he and, did, does that mean he's using the verse correctly? Right. And if not, does that mean his God is weak? Mm-hmm. Or does it mean that God has a better plan for him? Hmm. Huh. Who knows? Who can tell? Uh, so I, I, was, I remember reading a website um, article that talked about the top misused or misquoted or misunderstood verses in the Bible. And this is always one of the top ones. Mm-hmm. And so I can understand why taken uh, with absolutely no context, this seems like a very optimistic and hopeful verse. And it doesn't even sound, it doesn't even sound like selfish or greedy. It just sounds like, um, if you get Jesus's help with something, you're definitely going to nail it. Right. 
isn't that kind of true? Man, I must not have. So I think a job interview could be one area. Like, is that a is that the right context to bring up that verse? Mm -hmm. Another one would be uh, what sports we've seen some famous people yeah. um, put that uh, you know under their eyes. You know, football players or other sports players will put that on their jersey or something to say, "I can do all things." But mm -hmm. but there's never been a professional sports team that uh, unless the 77 dolphins um in any sport who's been completely undefeated mm. right so is why, why are they wearing that what what are they trying to say to people right why do we use this verse yeah it comes down to i think we should look at the all things or all, some some say all this um you know, all things. Is that everything? Is that anything? Is that something God has in mind? Something particular? Or is that like a blank check we get to write? Right. I, I think that word blank check makes it because it's an exciting verse. Like, I can do anything. Almost like the army. Be all you can be with God's help. That's Philippians 4.13, right? The, the army changed it. Be all you can be with the army mm -hmm. um, but it's optimistic like you can do it um, mm -hmm. now obviously this verse says i can do it through god right mm -hmm. and you know who doesn't want god on their side when they're trying to get something done right mm -hmm. i mean especially if something's hard it, you're going to ask for up. I think, I don't know if I've said this before, but the, the quote I like is, uh, even, even an atheist will pray if he clogs the toilet at somebody else's house. <laughs> right? <laughs> so everyone will ask for help from above or from some higher power when they really need it or when crap isn't working right. <laughs> um, right. Literally and, and figuratively. Yes. So... What I like to do when a lot of people take a verse out of context, I like to say the reverse of the verse. Um, and the reverse of it is, I can do nothing at all through him who gives me weakness. Is that true? <laughs> well, in a way, I can't do anything without God. <laughs> hmm. But he doesn't give me weakness. You're right. So. so normally we would want to say, well, what was the context of the of the verse? And so, Mike, do you what, what kind of historical or biblical or for those theologians listening, uh, the hermeneutical principles that we want to use here to help us better understand if we're using this verse correctly? So I would say put yourself in the writer's shoes. You're under house arrest for sharing the gospel with a bunch of pagans. Um, you're writing letters trying to give hope to this church that's probably scared out of their mind that you're going to die, but you're trying to assure them that you're actually living the best life you can. And so 
but you don't want to give them any disillusionment. So you do tell them that you've been poor on this journey. You've been persecuted. Sometimes you've had a lot of money. Sometimes you haven't had a lot of money. Sometimes you haven't had food in your belly. Other times you have had too much food in your belly. Um, but you're still trying to convey a message that the journey that you're taking to give Jesus to as many people as possible is worth it. And that is Philippians chapters 1, 2, 3, and 4. A small historical context behind it. And then Paul, and I like this translation, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Some of them say I can do all things, but some say I can do all this. And you got to know what this is. So I've, I've only read the Bible a couple times, Mike. How, how do I know what this is? Well, is it? Is it what I want? I want lobster for dinner. Well, if you're talking to Paul and you're asking him what this is, he will say, hey, if you're a missionary and you're, you're worried about nights where you won't be eating any food, you're worried about nights where you get shipwrecked, you're worried about... Um, you know, not having any money, roaming the streets. Um, but you're also excited about getting lots of money. And maybe you're excited about getting a feast every so often. Or maybe staying at a posh home. Well, guess what, Ethan? You can do all this through him who gives you strength. Hmm. Or uh, to put it another way, you can withstand a lot of negative stuff and be patient with a lot of trouble in the context of your missionary journey through Jesus, who gives you strength. Right. I think that that word this says, what is this? Right? Not just anything. I think that that is helpful. Mm-hmm. And I, I always like to also look at the other verses right around it and if you look a few verses before we're reminded that paul is in prison when he's writing this Um, and so he doesn't have luxuries and he doesn't have anything right he's got um maybe whether he has a pen and pad or we're thinking maybe he said this out loud and had someone transcribe it for him um, but he didn't have much and so he says in verse 11 i'm not saying this because i'm in i am in need For I have learned to be content, whatever the circumstances. Verse 12, I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. So he's saying, like, I've had really good times where I didn't worry about what I needed, and I've had times, man, I really wasn't sure. And then it says, I have learned the secret of being content in every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. Mm-hmm. And then verse 13, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. And so just as you were saying, Paul had a mission and he was, he was a missionary, but any of us who love Jesus, we want to know more about Jesus and we want to tell people about Jesus. And he, we can do all this through Christ who strengthened us. So he's in prison, doesn't have a lot of food. Maybe he's hungry. It sounds like he's not doing great. 
And I think he'd rather be preaching in person to people, but he couldn't. Mm-hmm. So instead of complaining, he says, you know what? I can still write letters and encourage people and spread the gospel. I can still do that. And that God will give me whatever strength I need to do that. Mm. Yes. And he's kind of talking about himself. You know, he's not saying, and the church can do all this. Because, you know, he can only, it's a testimony about himself. Mm-hmm. Now, is this to say, Ethan, this is, everyone kind of gets upset when people use this verse. Um, is this to say we can never use this verse? This is, you know, Paul's verse, patent pending. You'll get sued for copyright infringement if you say it. Um, we have no right saying this at all. No, I, well, first, I don't think there's a copyright on the original manuscript, so that's a plus. <laughs> okay, good. Uh, and and the, the King James uh, lovers would also say there's no copyright on the original 1611 King James, so you'd be good there. But uh, So let's take a sports player, right? Let's say that you and I are on a, a hockey team, and you score the winning goal, and we defeat a team we didn't think we were going to beat. You know, we, we weren't supposed to beat, and you won the winning goal, and after the game, you come up and Mike's like, guys, you know, Ethan passed me the puck off, off the, you know, the, the glass. And all I could think of was my favorite, favorite Bible verse. I can do all things. I can do all things through Christ. And I just kept saying it over and over. And man, I did a spin and a double deke and I, you know, hit it in past the goalie. And it was because of Jesus. Mm-hmm. We might be like, well, uh, well, why, why did you do that all, all season? You know, where was that? Was it just because of him? Um, or what if the, the, or if maybe Tim Tebow, who has it written on his face, maybe he's saying, not using it to say, I can win because of Christ. Maybe he's saying, I can do all things. And that even means be a Christian and not swear when I get hit hard and, I, and, and not act like an idiot when the ref gives me a bad call, that I can be a man of God. Through Christ, even in a high stage when everyone's watching. That's another way to look at maybe why he could have been using it. All right. So, yeah, that is a great a great use of the verse. I'm trying to think of uh, a modern context. And I'm, I'm thinking about the mom who's praying for her kids. And her kids are rebellious. And, you know, they're 18, so they can make their own choices. Um, and they're trying to live under your house and you either want to continue putting in a Christian influence on them. Um, but at the same time, they like totally drain you of all your spiritual energy and you kind of given up hope and, you know, and then you look at that verse from Paul, you know, I can, I can get through this I can get through these hardships and still be faithful to the mission because I have Jesus strengthening me. You think that would be a good use? Yeah, yeah. I think again, it's the original motive. Like, why are we asking for God's strength? Yeah, I think that's mm-hmm. another another one. Uh, Mike, this would be a good example. So, uh, my son. He's 10 now, but even when he was eight, he had gone to a friend's house and he had played a bunch of games that I know are rated M for mature, which 
even the non-Christians suggest you probably should be 17 for what is some of the content. Mm-hmm. Um, and this, this was mostly a, it's, it, it was a shooting, you know, shooting military game. Uh, yes. Call of, Duty, Call of Duty, one that I've played many hours when I was an adult. But anyway, my son was eight and he was like, dad, we were playing it. Uh, and, and at first I was, was like, well, I should, should I get mad at my son? Cause I, he shouldn't be watching that stuff right now. And then I was like, well, I can't get mad at him yet. Cause I haven't talked to him about it. Um, but in it, I, I, he knew now that we talked that our rule at my house with him was that the only game he's allowed to play that has a gun is a hunting game. Cause yes. he goes, he goes hunting with me. And so the question was, we even practice. Okay, Mason, you go to, you know, you go to Bubba's house and Bubba says, Hey, let's play a game. What should you say? Not just, oh, I don't know. You know, because one time I think he went and he said, well, that I didn't play. I just sat and watched. I'm like, well, that's not any better. Right. 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 Uh, and, and so eventually he did. And so he, he went, we were, I, we kept saying, you know, Mason, I'm going to pray for you before you go, that you would have the strength to stand up for what your dad is asking you. So the challenge we gave Mason was, okay, now that we've talked about it and practiced it, when you go to someone's house, I want you to stand up for what your dad has asked you to do. And that's not going to be easy. So ask God to help you because I think it's a godly thing, not just to obey my parent thing, but it's a, it's a wholesome thing for my kid not to have to see those things and deal with those yet. He's got enough other tricks. And he did it. And so I think he could use this verse to say, I want to do this because it's, it's something that is godly that is you know pointing me towards righteousness or towards good things not necessarily bad things um and, and so that would be another spot where i think the verse would be a good you know it, it's for a godly thing a good thing and i want to add the word godly because a good thing might be i'm going to use this verse to make millions of dollars for myself yeah and, you know it's, it's not about my life goals it's about knowing god and letting him be known and and being more like him and so he's going to help us do those things. Ethan, can you say those lines again? As I was, as you were talking, the furnace went off, so I ran upstairs. Yes. Um, so Philippians four thirteen is, if it's used for a godly thing, when I, I we could maybe classify that into three things. A godly thing would be to something to help us know God better for us to be more like God or for us to tell people about God. Yeah. Uh, so it might. Uh, and so if it's for the godly thing and a good thing, or just if it's a godly thing. And I, so I didn't want to say just a good thing because yeah. if Mike wants to make millions and uses this first, well, then it has nothing to do with God. So God's, why should we use God for our own gain? Right. Absolutely. We want to use God for his gain. And so that's, it's a it's a, it's a great verse. I think it is. It's an encouraging verse. Uh, but again, why? Why do I want to use that strength? Is it so all the girls will see me score a touchdown and I might get a date for the prom, <laughs> or is it because, hey, I might get interviewed after the game and I have an opportunity in front of millions at the Super Bowl to say, first before anything else, I want to thank God for letting me be here and the things that He's done in my life. I acknowledge that. Okay, now I'll answer your questions. Right. Yeah, and you know, I I think there's a there's a double-edged sword here. Because 
a lot of Christians that get bent out of shape when people use this verse. And then it makes people afraid to even think about the verse. Or it makes them think, well, you know, maybe maybe God isn't that strong or he isn't that nice. Or, um, and honestly, this isn't even the most... Uh, the most misleading verse, if you put it out of context. Right. We got John 14, 13. Anything we ask from him will be given to us. That's what that's Jesus saying that. I'm surprised we're not uh, up in arms about that verse. Right. Or if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off. Why, why aren't we actually doing that one? <laughs> right. Uh, well, the same sense, Mike, you, you talked about, you know, sometimes the, the, the response is, well, that's a, a verse. Someone might think I'm misquoting it, so I won't even use it. Right. I did that as a Baptist growing up as a, going to a Mennonite church a little bit. Um, and then a Baptist church is mostly after that. I didn't have the Lord's Prayer memorized until I was, I think, out of college. And I, you know, I didn't have it memorized, but I could at least say it with a congregation, not look like an idiot. Because um, you know, we always were taught that's the Catholic thing, and they do it out of memorization, and it's not mm -hmm. from the heart. That's just the, the aura. I'm not saying it's true for any readers who are Catholic. You can still believe in Jesus, and I think you can still be going to heaven if you're a Catholic. Um, but the, mm -hmm. we, the response we had was, don't even just ignore that verse. That's the Catholic verse that's misused. <laughs> and so we do i didn't use it and now now with my son we we do multiple times a week we get on our knees together shoulder to shoulder and we say the lord's prayer together mm. and then I, and then i do push-ups he he gets up and does his homework <laughs> or his schoolwork he doesn't want to do the push-ups uh, my I daughter can do the push-ups with me. but anyway but uh, like i just think it's funny i look back and think because someone else used that verse in a way someone disagreed with we ignored that verse. Right. Uh, and and that, I would say that's not a good thing to do. So that's a, a good thought. Uh, I, this made me think of, uh, I call it Bible roulette. Um, but that's when, mm. uh, and I was talking uh, on my online Bible study Tuesday afternoons. I had a student who was talking to me and she kind of said, you know what, Ethan, I just opened up my Bible and, this week I've been opening near the middle, which has always been in Psalms. And she just kind of opens up, puts her finger on a verse and reads it. And I'm so glad that she is reading her Bible. But I don't, I, is that the best way to read your Bible? Right. And, and so we're, you know, how do I help her? And so the, the famous joke I think was, I was at a summer camp and the speaker said, it's dangerous to do that because what if you, Flip it open and it says, uh, you know, do whatever I say. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and then you flip later and it says, Jesus went and hung, Judas went and hung himself. And then you right, flip later right. and, it's, and then it says, go and do likewise. Right. <laughs> you know, you're like, well, is that biblical? Does God want me to kill myself? Like, no. The answer, the answer is no. And, and so that's just the extreme crazy impossible actual personal bible reading for somebody but that would be the danger you know i could read philippians 4 13 um and then go read a verse in exodus that talks about you know something with the plagues and think 
well, I, 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 I won't get COVID cause I'll just go out and everywhere and be, you know, or whatever, you know, you might <laughs> misuse the verse in a different way. Yes. Um, be like, Oh, God save them from the plagues. I can do all things. Yep. And so co- context, context, context. Right. And I think a closer inspection with the relate with your relationship with Jesus uh, will show more often than not that, you know, he has a specific agenda. Um, he has a plan, a curriculum, if you will, in mind for your spirituality. And in some cases, it might, it might be a very lucrative business deal. Um, it might get you a lot of friends, but in a lot of other cases, it might get you into trouble. And it might get you lacking some things. It might give you something you don't want. And, uh, you know, I think we, we, we can't be, we can't prepare people enough for that. Right. I am in agreement. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I, I, for one, hear a lot of people say, you know, I'm asking the universe for this. You know, that's the new spiritual thing to do is the, you know, I'm going to align myself with the universe and manifest this or manifest that. And I feel like that's kind of seeping into the Philippians 4.13 is this, you know, using it almost as like a, a formula for getting something you were looking forward to. Yep. Yeah, that, that goes with the selfishness, right? You're hoping to get what you want. And if you do this special thing, you'll be just fine. Or, or, or I knew uh, somebody who was quoted to say that, uh, well, I give so much a year to God, so things in my life should be going better. Yeah. You know, assuming that because they had done a few things that God owed them one. Uh, oh. And if we take a step back and realize how human we are, we realize we can't do it. God mm-hmm. doesn't owe us anything. If anything, we owe him everything because he has given his life yeah i can't even get my tithe to be significant on my tax return you know i can't expect it to impress god well any closing remarks that uh, we should be telling this joseph campbell no uh i think i think that formula is something to think about you know why why are we praying are we are we praying to get something or are we praying because we want to know god more be like him and tell him other people about him hmm. you know that's a question we all have to ask ourselves you know on one hand we ask for um your kingdom come your will be done um, in the next breath, we say, give us today our daily bread. We have to find that fine line between those two things. Yeah. 
And again, back to the verse, and, and be content with what we have and know that God can use us where we're at and not just assume, uh, you know, I knew a college student that said, well, I, I'm not going to commit to a church because I'll only be here a few years or I'll tithe once I get a job or yes. I'll give back to God once I have kids. I'll get back to church. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Those are not the, the kind of contracts you want to make with God. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, Joseph, I think we I think we figured it out. You know, thank you for writing in, and I hope this uh, strengthens you in the good way, not in the out of context way. That's right. And maybe maybe we'll hit again soon other misquoted, misused verses of the Bible. Yes, 2023, the year of misused quotes. Sounds good. Well, thank you for joining us, friends on the Fringe. And we'll catch you next time on the Fringe. Yes, we will. Goodbye.